0: Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to another week in our series, Connect Here. Over the course of these last few weeks, we've been discovering what our core values are as a church family. Now, before that, we talked about the pillars of our church family, that being the church is the most important organization on the earth. At least that's what we believe, whether you agree with that or not. That's up to going back to week two in discovery and discovering that. We talked about the importance of loving our community, being about others, others focused. And then we talked about the importance of reaching our families. At the core of the strength of any community is the family. And then lastly, in our pillars, we talked about multiplication. What does it mean to develop and send people out into the world we live in? Then we entered into our family values. Our family values are what I believe make the center of how we interact as followers of Jesus within the church now the first one was we believe in expectation we believe that we should expect God to move just like he did in the Bible especially in the New Testament we believe that that is for today that we can expect God to move in powerful supernatural ways And then last week we talked about generosity, the one that nobody likes to talk about, but I truly believe that the church should be the most generous of all people. That everything, we believe everything came as a gift from God and we should hold on to it loosely because it's been a gift, we should be always willing to give it back because as our text said, we can't outgive give God. When we give back to Him out of a joyful abundant heart he gives back pressed down overflowing and so we can't even contain it and so now this week we're going to talk about our third family value and that is caring just like all the other values and pillars I truly believe that the church should be the most caring organization on the face of this earth now to begin with this thought of caring, I want to ask you a question. What's the first thing that comes to mind to you when I say the word caring? Because that is the most important thing to really clear out before we even begin. What, what does it mean to be caring? Because if you're in this world long enough, you've experienced a lot of things that are not caring. But if you could say, this is my picture of what it means to be a caring person, what would that look like? Do you even have an example For some people, it could be a family member that cared for them, whether it's a parent or grandparent or sibling. Somebody just sticks out for you. Maybe it was a mentor or, or somebody that you looked up to as a child or in your early adult life. But for some, you don't have a single soul you can think of that truly was the example of what it means to be caring. And so today we're going to take a look at just a few little different ways of what it means to be caring, especially within the church context. And so you might have to take this and broaden it out to your particular life, but here is what the Bible says is to be a caring person. At least just three different ways that we're going to talk about today. And then we're going to examine what the result of a caring life looks like. And truly, when it comes right down to it, a caring person will always find joy in their life when they care for others, when they truly love others. It's a cyclical thing. When we love, we receive love in return. And even though that might not be our intention, it is just a byproduct of how God set this world up. And so let's begin before I get ahead of myself today and give you the whole message before we get to the passage, let's take a look at the book of Galatians. This was Paul's letter to the church that was formed in a town called Galatia. And now Paul has had a lot to say in this passage. He did a little bit of correcting, he did a little bit of encouraging, and then he comes down to this one final thought as he was about to close the letter down that he wanted to leave these people with and in a phrase it was to carry one another's burdens to carry one another's burdens now we shorten it up and we say to care to care for one another and so Galatians 6 Verse one says, brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you also won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each person examine his own work, and then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else. For each person will have to carry his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all his good with his teacher. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, he will also reap, because the one who sows to the flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we'll reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let's do work for good of all, especially to those who belong to the household of faith. And so let's take a look. What does it mean to care? Or as Paul said in this passage, what does it mean to carry one another's burden? He begins by saying, if someone is taken or overtaken by wrongdoing, you who are spiritual should restore such a person with a gentle spirit. What does it mean to care? Paul begins very clearly that we are to be a restorative people. If you are a follower of Christ, your heart should always be to restore a person. Now in this particular context this was a church and paul was telling his people to always be ready to welcome a person back in who has left the group in in the terms of christianity who's left the faith of following christ we should be restorative a person who cares is restorative they desire at the heart of who they are to always forgive To have mercy, to have grace, to have love for a person. A person who's even wronged them. And Paul says that we should do this with a gentle spirit and with humility. Not critical, not judgmental. Why is that? Just think of your own life. Maybe maybe you've experienced this or maybe you've been one to do this. When, When you have humility, when you're not judgmental or critical, when you're being humble in a way that comes underneath a person and shows that you care, what does that do? It, it breaks down walls, doesn't it? It, it shows a person that, that you truly care about them, that, that you're not pointing fingers and you want them to, to experience the wrath, right? Or get the, the due justice that they deserve. You're willing to hear them out. To to allow them to speak for what happened. Humility. Gentleness. A listening ear, as some may say. To what the person has to say. It breaks down walls. It, It opens a person up and it ultimately will lead to restoration. Friends, a caring person especially a person in the household of faith, a a, a person who calls himself Christian and a part of a church family. Man, when we can get this, when the church can get this, we'll be such a light to the world. I truly believe that one of the reasons why the church has got a bad rap is because only a few people, only a few people are that judgmental and critical person. But man, just those few people can, can make it seem as if the whole is like them. That's all it takes. The rest of the church can be warm and welcoming but it just takes one or two people who walk in those doors and start looking at people and not welcoming them, not caring for them, not being humble and understanding and listening to them and not having expectations that these people have to meet up to. Gentleness. Humility. If the church if all of us, I call themselves Christians, get this. And that is, that's the foundation for a caring community. And so the first one is restorative. The second aspect that Paul talks about is generosity. Now, I talked about this last week, and so I'm not going to go into it very deeply. But, but he says that we should each share all of his good things. Now he says here with his teacher, with those who care for them, that look for this, they the care for their soul, their spirit, for their spiritual well-being. They should care for them. Now, Paul doesn't go into this and say that this should be for all of the body, but we can really read into this in Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47 this is also uh, given a great example in acts chapter 4 as well and i did refer to this in last week's message but i just wanted to read another passage that just points this out and so this again is the early church like the, the holy spirit had just come jesus had passed and went up to be with the father you know just a month and change earlier And so here, the Holy Spirit comes and empowers them. And what is it that they do immediately? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all believers were together and held all things in common. They spent time together, a lot of time. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with a joyful and sincere heart, praising God and enjoying favor with all people. Every day the Lord added to the numbers of those who were being saved. I just wanted to pick out of there just the simple fact that a caring community sees needs and provides for them. Now this particular passage that we are looking at today, again, it refers to taking care of those who are in care of your spiritual well-being. And I'm not bringing that up because I need special accolades or anything, but it's just scripture. And if you go back into the Old Testament, you will read of example after example of how God ordered the Israelites to care and bring a tenth of their proceeds there. These guys were shepherds and care of, of the fields, right? They were farmers. They were to bring 10% of the breast of their fruit to the church and they were supposed to provide for the Levites, the ones who took care of all the people in their spiritual life connection to god like that was their job and so paul's just continuing this in the new testament there's to care for each other's needs and not just for the spiritual well-being but we see it as well in other pieces of scripture that we're to care for those who didn't have enough paul would say in philippians 2 4 let each of you look not only to his own interest but to the interests of others to take care, to see needs, and to provide generously. Andrew Murray, great theologian, said this. He said, the world asks, what does a man own? Christ asks, how does he use it? That's humbling, right? All the world sees is, How much have you accumulated in your bank? What kind of house do you have? What kind of vacation home do you have? What kind of sports car or vacations do you go on? And and all God looks at is, how are you utilizing it to benefit the kingdom of God? It's a great question to ask ourselves. But it doesn't end there. We are to be a place where we are, one, restorative, caring, loving, welcoming people. We are to be a place that cares for the needs of others by giving generously. And then lastly, he says it a few times in this passage, we are to do good. We are to do good for others. We read in verse 9, let us not get tired of doing good. For we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let's work for the good of all. Especially in those of the household of faith. We're to do good for others. Constantly seeking how can we help others. How can we look to serve others, to put others' needs before our own? We all have burdens. We're not to carry them alone. So we're to be a restorative community that sees the needs of others and gives generously and works in ways to propel and do good for others. What would that look like in your church, in my church? If we truly weren't there to just receive and to be built up spiritually. But we came into church looking to be a person who is restorative. To be a person who gives generously. To be a person who does good for the benefit of others. Instead of just sitting down and spending time with God. And saying hi to a few people and walking out the door. What if every person was that kind of person? That was a caring, loving, gentle. What would that look like? And then one step further, what would that do? What would that do if if we had that mentality? What would the world think of us? What would our community, our neighbors, our families, the media, what would they say? What would they do? Jesus had a thought about this in John 13, 34 and 35. He said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. Or you could put in there, care for one another, right? What is love? It's care. It's putting somebody else's needs above our own, right? Here it is. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. What would define you as a follower of Jesus? Caring, loving, being generous, being restorative, doing good. That's what caring's all about. All of that. Love. Restore. Generosity. All one and the same. It is exactly what we see in the book of Acts over and over again. What set them apart was the fact that they cared, that they took care of each other's needs. And God showed up. Every day, the church was being added to. Because they were sacrificing themselves for the benefit of others. That's tough. In fact, if I were to stop the message right now, most of you would be like, not for me. Not for me. Why? Because you're asking me to give up everything for the benefit of others. What what pleasure in that? And even if I did, what if if nobody was changed? What if the world didn't see? What if the world, in fact, maybe made fun of me? We're going to be looking at the book of Daniel next week, and we're going to be looking at four individuals that went all the way and did exactly what God asked them to do laid down their lives for the benefit of others and for God himself. And what happened? They were thrown into a lion's den. They were thrown into a fire. It doesn't mean that because I do any of this that God will pay me a life full of comfiness. Just unlimited blessings in this physical world. It doesn't guarantee that. We might be murdered for what we do and what we believe. But here's the thing. It will impact lives. It might not be to the the category of thousands like we see in the book of Acts, but it might be one. It might be one. And I have to ask you this question. What if you laying down your life, the comforts of your home for somebody else, the financial stability that your 401k has? What if you pouring out the life that you have to live for somebody else would mean that one person would join the kingdom of heaven with you? Would it be worth it? Would your care, your sacrificial care for somebody else be worth it? That's between you and Jesus, but I think so. So Toby Back put it this way. He said, helping one person might not change the world, but it could change the world for one person. It could change the world for one person. And I think it's worth it. Because eternity a long time to be separated from the God who created them. It's worth it. But Paul does say in verse 6 or in verse 9 of Galatians 6 that if we don't get tired of doing good of being generous of being a person who is restorative if we don't give up we will reap in due time, we will have a reward. We will have a reward. We will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Now, this isn't talking about some natural thing, like I mentioned before. This is not, you get a new car, or you will, you will get to enjoy all of retirement in this peace and comfy beachside place. That's just joy all day long, and maybe it will. You know, God is, is funny like that. He does that. Our, our eternal reward is supernatural. I don't know what it looks like. I truly don't. I don't know what Paul is exactly relating this to, but we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. What does that mean I believe that God does not withhold anything good from those who are followers, especially those who give up their life for the benefit of others in the kingdom of God. So what does that look like for you? I realize for many listening today, being a part of a church family maybe has baggage to you. Maybe you're an introvert like me, and man, it's it's tough sometimes to come to church because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of commotion, it's overwhelming, and it's just hard. You're running all week long, and the last thing you want to do is run into church with your kids or being surrounded by people and loud music. I, I totally understand. But church just isn't a Sunday morning. Church is a every-day-of-the-week event. Where you pour yourself into the lives of your church family and they pour into you. I want to make one closing statement before we pray. And that is, you will get out of church however much you put into it. You will get out of church however much you put into it. Your church family is waiting waiting for you to pour yourself into. So many people say a lot of things about church, but very few understand the power of the beauty of the family of God because very few have truly allowed themselves to enter in. Now again, I realize that there are some listening today who you've experienced major hurt, and man, I... I I'm here for you, I understand, I've heard it many times, and the pain is real, and it's deep. And there are seasons of healing. But for the rest of us, you'll get out of it what you put in. So Father, today I pray for every person listening. (sighs) Father, the church is a family. The church is a family. And when the church is restorative, loving, caring, welcoming, when the church is generous, when it seeks to do good and to serve and to humbly come alongside one another, not to get their own way, but to truly be the family of God, it is the most beautiful thing. And I pray for every person listening that they can truly enter in, give of themselves fully to the church family so that they can experience the beauty of the greatest organization on the face of this earth i pray you go with your people now in jesus name amen thank you for joining us today next is church family online and i sure hope that you can connect to a church and we will see you again real soon